Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 86. What's up, B-Pimp? 86. Loving it. Yes. 86 episodes strong. Also, uh, and I don't know if you realize this, the year of your birth. What? <laughs> and then joining us today, definitely not born in 1986, drummer extraordinaire. We had him on a few episodes ago, Ryan Burkett. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Feels good. How's everyone Yay. doing? Welcome back. Yeah. Happy to have you back. Really happy to have you back because we are talking about uh, the best Chicago land music venues. So I know we've we played at some, all three of us, including, I mean, I don't know how many different venues, Brian, that you've done ruffles at. Do you have a sense? Uh, at least five. I want to say it's gotta be right. And some I mean, of them. Yeah. Elbow room, tonic room, house of blue. No, not house of blues. Uh, roundhouse. Uh, Cobra. Did we do it at Cobra lounge? Did we do it at Cobra lounge? I don't even know. There are literally, when I was thinking about best Chicago land venues, there are a couple of places I was like, have I played there or not? I'm not I, sure. <laughs> I, that's how, yeah. Some of them I know, like we saw, well, I don't want to spoil my list stuff but yeah i think we, maybe three or four is more accurate than five uh, I, well i don't know either way um you, you have a sense of course of you know what you like in a venue based on performing but even more so like seeing different bands there yeah seeing your band with ryan many times hero monster zero that's right we yeah i wish i don't have a sense of how many different venues we played at like the three that we probably played at the most were Elbow Room, Cubby Bear, and maybe Goose Island before it closed. Yeah, we played Goose Island quite a bit. It's a fun I place. I think I somehow missed all of the Goose Island and saw you mo at the other places like every time. I don't know how that happened, but Goose Island was always like, those were good shows. It was just kind of a weird venue. Very weird. Yeah, giant restaurant, but then this small little—I think it was a floor-level stage in the back, next to their brewery, with uh, the you know all the vats and stuff. It, it was just weird. The lights were static. I take it back. I take it back. I saw you there. I drank a lot of Matilda, and that's why I took me a while. <laughs> I mm. paint the picture. Yeah. So you yeah. remember? I was like, oh yeah, the floor-level stage in the back by all the beer. <laughs> mm -hmm. You had to like go upstairs to the bathroom too i seem yeah. to recall it was like yes. the only thing that was up there yeah and that place is now long gone yeah it's a bummer well i mean i don't know maybe not is it yeah right. do you know what it is now uh they ripped up that whole area in wrigleyville that entire street is like revamped with bougie bars and apartment buildings and stuff like that oh sounds about right does cubby bear still exist Yes, that is that is one of the sleazier places that still exist on that strip. Okay, <laughs> I think the floor is so sticky there. Oh, uh, you can. It takes muscles to lift your feet up. Yeah, and well, the other thing I remember about Cubby Bear too sometimes is like we would be the first people there because we'd be loading in. Sometimes the floor was already sticky, and it was yeah. like, come on, clean mm -hmm. it. That was the pre-stickiness that they applied so that it doesn't seem as bad later. They're trying to get you used to it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Though it almost never happened, I think Cubby Bear is the only 
place that I've ever been like heckled as a musician. Really? When did that happen? I, I think it did happen at one of our shows. It wasn't like ongoing, but I seem to remember there was something and it must have been like a drug, uh, drug, a drunk Cubs fan. <laughs> uh, that's or, all a, right. dr- or a drugged up Kunks fan. None of your, none of your songs are about the Cubs. Ah. Mm-hmm. Was it during the set, or was it post? I think it was during the set. Yeah, interesting. Was it Harry? Well, Carey? I'm, I'm deaf from those shows, so I, I didn't hear anything. I don't recall hearing anything. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think, all time. Okay, all time venues that deafened you the most. Cubby Bear for sure is one of them. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? I play there. I used to play there all the time on Wednesday nights. It's in uh, Logan Square. Really shithole bar. Burlington. Super small. Yes, thank you. <laughs> that yeah, I the place is so loud. I also found though it varied. Whatever show we played at the Beat Kitchen destroyed my hearing. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. I remember that one. That was bad. Cool place though. I do like Beat Kitchen. It is. Yeah, I do too. What else do we want to mention about Chicagoland venues? There's so many of them. Yeah, I found it interesting uh, mm-hmm. thinking about the ones in... My list is dominated by Chicago city limits proper whatever bars. But, I mean, I've been to a handful outside that are okay. It's just... It's hit or miss. Like, you you never know. Some places look terrible on the outside, and then you go in, and it's kind of cool. And then some of them are the opposite. It's just... It's hard to judge it. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I tried to put one place outside of Chicago on my list, but it was difficult to think of what my favorites were. And some of the ones that I even tried to book a shows at, it was not as successful. So like, I've never, I've still never been to Brower house in Lombard. You've never been there. No. Interesting. Even though I play there. I tried to book that place multiple times. It's not easy. Yeah. They're weirdly difficult. It's, I like that place, but I can I, I mean, it has to be frustrating if you're trying to book a show and it like doesn't work. But you're saying yeah. they're difficult. Difficult meaning like they act like it's a premium thing to I play there, or like what? I don't remember if it was that, or it was just like I feel like there was one time I had a back and forth with them for just months. Oh, okay. Being like, actually, this date's not going to work out. Let. What about this? And then it would just kept going. I was like, eh, whatever. Was this directly with the people at Brower House or a booking agent that booked through them? Because Swizzle Steve operates that place now. Oh, he does? Really? Yeah. And uh, we I know that with Swizzle Steve regularly, yeah. Yeah, we did. We, well, we booked with him for uh, Cubby Bear and for Goose Island and with mm-hmm. him and Paul Farvar for uh, Metro. Mm-hmm. But Swizzle Steve is... I have to unfollow him on Facebook. It's like... Yeah, I did he's that a long time ago. <laughs> he's a major conspiracy theorist, and it's like <laughs> unbelievable. Um, and last time I played Brower House, he booked the show, and that was in February, February 14th of this year. Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And he did the old, I can't wait to see you guys. I'll be there when you start at 9, and then he never shows up. I have probably only, as many times as I booked through him, probably at least 10 times, maybe 15 or 20, I've probably only seen him twice maybe yeah he's an enigma yeah for sure um all right before we get into uh the actual top five list that we've kind of talked around a little bit brian you have a whiskey 
that is the name of our podcast. It's not Brian, you have a whiskey, but the whiskey sessions. Brian, you have a whiskey is my spinoff, but this is, um, it's called Driftless, Driftless Glen. Uh, I do. I don't think it's a guy named Glenn who's driftless. I think it's about like a Glenn, which is like a what, like a water-related geographical feature. I don't know what a Glenn is, to be honest with you. But I think no, that's really. My degree is in geography. What exactly is a Glenn? I should probably know. I did a lot of research for these episodes and not about what a Glenn is, so I I dropped the ball a little bit. Um, but this is a bourbon. It's from Baraboo, Wisconsin, which is uh, a town that I've been to. That's a lot of fun um, near the Dells. It's pretty. Um, this was bottled by Max. It actually has his name on there, which I thought that's was awesome. Cool. <laughs> and <laughs> thanks, Max. Thanks, Max. Uh, it's tell me what a Glen is, Max. But other than that, you did a great job. And batch number sixteen. It's ninety six proof. It's got a little sticker that says Whiskey Advocate gave it ninety points, which Whoa. they're trying to mess with us because we're the official reviewers and whatever this 90 points means i don't know it can i tell you what it means brian nothing it means nothing <laughs> it's, it's an arbitrary number absolutely all i know is it's on the smooth train or it gets the boot there is nothing in between and it doesn't matter in fact if if i give it the boot i'm gonna take this sticker off and i'm gonna put draw a little cowboy boot on the label and i will show you that when we're done Thanks. And then um, wherever you bought that from, do that to all the bottles. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to read the little blurb. It says, world-class spirits are created when innovative minds and hard work join forces. Our products are created and distilled in the Driftless region next to the Baraboo River using only the finest grains and handcrafted by artisans who have a passion for the trade. We have touched each bottle. So with two thumbs up, please share our dream and taste the American spirit. Mm powerful they're laying it on thick before i even try it i got it in my trusty wood woodford reserve glass here with um no ice going neat nice so let's see i'm gonna give it the smell test here it's real uh it's a bourbon so it's i mean it's got that like it's a mix between smoky and spicy smell i would say i like how when you think about the taste you also just want to like look at the bourbon again yeah you gotta, sure. this is this what i had is this it you gotta look at the color it's very nice color it's very caramely i do i like the color mm-hmm. it's extremely it makes me think of when i went to the jack daniels distillery and tasted some of their uh whiskey because it's got the best way i can describe it is it seems like they used very high quality water in their mm. distilling process, which maybe that's the driftless Glen talking. Um, it's definitely smooth. It's on the smooth train. I don't have to give it any more thought. Like it's, it's very clear flavor immediately with the first couple sips. I knew like that's, this is one I'll go back and try. They had a rye at the store Ooh. as well, which I'm going to try next for uh, or in the upcoming episodes i don't it doesn't have to be next but i will not be graffitiing cowboy boots on the bottles because this is thumbs up great well awesome. no, i'm glad to hear it that they earned their 90 percent. i mean is it good enough that you would even take a sharpie and turn that like zero into an eight to make it 98 percent? yes i will do that wow 
Yeah, I'll find a Sharpie, which is a lot of effort because I have no idea where one is. So I will find one and I will make that an eight. I will mail you one, sir, because we have about 10. Okay. Don't need That's them a lot of Sharpies, man. Well, they make you Fully buy them in, in packs nowadays. You don't have a guy? You don't have a guy that sells Lucy <laughs> Sharpies? Got my Sharpie dealer on the corner. <laughs> we do have a dealer on the corner. It's not Sharpies, though. <laughs> Sharpies is one that's it might he might deal Sharpies. I I could ask. You never know what they're calling stuff these days on the street. Yeah, that's I wouldn't true. I wouldn't ask. I probably wouldn't ask. Yeah, you got Sharpies? <laughs> I'd probably avoid that. <laughs> no, our your dealer, safety. Actually, I, our dealer does not like operate on a corner, thankfully. But he like comes out of his apartment. He wears a mask, which you know, good on him. And then he rides around. He must be doing deliveries now because I don't think he was doing them before, which I also appreciate because we don't have so many weirdos in the neighborhood anymore. But he will go on his like little moped. And sometimes he does wheelies on it. And I'm waiting for him to fall. I want to know more about this guy. That's, I kind of told you everything. <laughs> I like it. I like That's the fact that he's a, he's a socially responsible dealer who does deliveries now. Somebody called the cops on him though a couple of months ago and there were like five or six cop cars, maybe 10 cops and one, and this guy's right across the street from us. Like one of the cops was like, definitely as he was like jogging toward his apartment, like had his hand, I think on a gun on his waist. It's hard to tell. Uh But at that point, yeah, I I think Maggie was feeding our daughter and we're like, let's go to the back of the house for a minute. (laughs) Probably smart. But it was quite a sight. Apart from that, seems harmless. There you go. Famous last words. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good point. All right. Um, No way to perfectly transition from that. So I'm not even (laughs) going to. But the top five that we mentioned at the top of the episode, uh, talking about Chicagoland music venues, definitely a mix of, for me, like ones that I've played at ones that I've seen other acts at I realized I haven't actually been to too many of the large Chicagoland venues yeah I had the same I've never Chicago. seen a concert at United Center I've seen wrestling there wait what did you see pro wrestling oh and the Bulls yeah I've only seen the Bulls there I can't imagine it would be my favorite venue probably not not for me I've heard mm-hmm. horror stories to be honest with you yeah, and like some other ones that I've heard are good, I didn't go to. They like Talia Hall, for example, heard good things, but I can't put it on my list. Is there anything that either of you kind of thought about as you were putting together this list? I, th- I, I felt like I was being negative because I had more thoughts coming to my mind about places I remember not liking. Mm-hmm. And it was harder for me to think of the ones that I liked. And I feel like a couple of mine are more neutral than likes just because I... I didn't want to be like a hater about everything, but you know, it's not like, I think, I feel like with music, if you, unless you're like one of those people that just is always out seeing shows for me, like, I feel like I've seen a decent amount of live music, but not, I haven't covered the map. Like I've barely, you know, it's not a huge percentage of the venues in Chicago that I've been to. So do you have any, and this goes to you, Ryan, to any controversial ads or omissions mm-hmm. to your list? Well, from your first point, kind of what Brian was touching on, I, for me, it brought back a lot of memories. Um, 
for those that don't know, that's that's how I met Andy was at Elbow Room through Brian. Um, so just kind of, I reminisce quite a bit uh, through all that. And it was tough too, because like, I haven't seen live music or played live music in so long. It feels like you, I miss it so much. What I would give to go to one of those places right now. Yeah, it's a tough time, man. So this this was a little bit a uh, little bit emotional, to be honest with you, list wise. Yeah. No. It, I kind of wonder how some of those are going to reopen again. Will they try to do any kind of social distancing? I feel like for most of the shows I played, social distancing was already happening, kind of. So I don't know <laughs> if that'll be a huge issue. <laughs> there yeah, were some. There were some ruffles. Uh, YouTube videos where there's people packed in the basement of the elbow room. And they would not be oh, able yeah. to get down there safely. Sometimes the elbow room went well. I mean, the Metro is huge. So we were never going to pack the Metro. But, like, we got a good amount of people there. Yeah, yeah it was a good crowd there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's get into it. Let's get into our venues. These are our top five Chicagoland venues. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. Um, I'll be honest. I did not put these in order. So we're going to... Just jump around here. I that think works. I'll start with the elbow room just because we were kind of touching on that. I It holds a lot of memories, man. I couldn't even count how many times I've been to that place to see a show or play a show there. The whole vibe of the downstairs was just super cool. Uh, the tight space, even the pole right in the middle of the stage. Mm-hmm. It, it just adds so much character to it. Uh, the bartenders, the staff, everyone was super, super cool and supportive of the scene. Uh, and again, that's where uh, I met you, Andy, and we had a lot of fun times there and with Hero Monster Zero. That, that place holds a lot of special memories and it's kind of sad to see it go. Yeah, it, it was very sad that it closed. So it's been closed since like last summer, no? I think. Uh, yeah, when did it close? Either early fall or sometime in the summer. Yeah, I know it's been some time already. And I don't, I don't know if they went out of business or if they just decided to close. But what was the defining factor? I mean, there had there had been rumors since back when I worked there, which was you know, almost a decade ago. Like, just it was just the nature of the way that they operated, which was. Uh, Andy and I have talked about this before. I don't know if it was on a podcast. I think it was, but like, um, they would book five bands a night, pretty much. Regard sometimes they'd have four, but and a lot of them were touring bands that didn't have any local presence and fans. And I mean, it was like, kind of a we want to do this. We want a we want people, local music fans to come here, be able to see like four or five different kinds of bands. And, you know, it, you could argue about whether from a business plan perspective, that makes any sense because I was working the door and I would get many bands. Like it would be a great critically acclaimed, like electronic duo from New York city that had one person show up to see them. So it's like, okay, yeah, maybe they're great. And I love good music and I support that. But from a business perspective, like you can't survive long-term on that kind of plan. You know what I mean? Right. And if there's no built-in crowd that like religiously goes there every Friday or Saturday, expecting you to see someone, it's more of just who are these national acts drawing in. Yep. They did have like that, that kind of was a problem with the venue that is just based on the location. I mean, it's like a good neighborhood, but it didn't, it wasn't around much else. It had like no natural draw. No. And actually, I think even as the neighborhood got ritzier over time, it was probably to their detriment. Well, one, mm-hmm. like probably the rent went up, but also just, I don't think it was, it, it seemed like, it's not a dive bar, but it's, 
you know, kind of like a music venue that should be like a little rough around the edges. And then suddenly it was across the street from like a wine and paint place. And that's, <laughs> you yeah. actually hit on it perfectly because Dave the, Dave, the owner and bartender on the weekends, like he bought, he picked all the beer and he got great beer at that place. Like it was a place where it looks like a dive bar on the outside. And if you don't know it, you're going to think I can go in here and get like cheap beer and watch music. But he had like top of the line beer that you couldn't find at a lot of places. And they had, so it was a mix of a lot of different things and it, you wouldn't know that going in and the draws to go there weren't well publicized, but it was just, so it was just always kind of a, it was tough for me to even describe to somebody like, where is it? Because like you said, it's not in a recognizable area. It's just like kind of buried in a neighborhood. So it was always tough. One of the last shows they had there was, well, not one of the last, but like, I thought it was hilarious. I, I, uh, I noticed that Aaron Carter was playing there. Like maybe last year or two years ago. What? <laughs> Which I thought was so funny. He's like, oh yeah, I've shared a stage with Aaron Carter. Totally. Rat, Rat played there in the 80s. Really? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And they always advertised... Which I I kind of thought was funny, but they always advertised that Hoobastank played there at some point. Yeah, I know that is that's great. Hoobastank, awesome. I love Hoobastank. Um, right. Beep Uh What venue is your number five? My number five is Tonic Room. Mm. Ooh, I like I like. Uh, I mean, I'm biased a little bit because we played there and we did. That's where we did the um, Beastie Boys cover. Um, that's right. right? So I liked that was a fun thing for me because that was kind of a reach for me. Just like I'm used to like, here's a song I know. I know the lyrics really well. To do something outside of that was always a big thing. And I remember thinking a lot about that show. And um, and I like I like the style of that place. It's weird. It's like a very long and narrow bar where you're kind of playing along the wall when you come in. But I also saw um, Corey Wong from... Uh, he plays solo a lot, but he's also in Wolfpack, which is a band I like a lot. And I saw him play there. I've seen like a number of just like interesting kind of people that come through Chicago and that's like, that's where they end up playing. And it's really cool. I like that place. It was set up like so cramped for like a normal band. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a cool place and like really like would draw surprising acts for how many people it could fit. Like, you'd be lucky to be able to get like 80 people in there, mm-hmm. but they would still get, um, I know like the brothers from Ween would play there and separately, I think. And like Hannibal Burris when he was blowing up would like come through there a lot. But yeah, that place is great. Plus it was like run by Donnie Biggins, who is like, you know, outside of the elbow room guys, like probably my favorite, like Chicago music guy who runs a bar i don't know what the name i'm looking for is but advocate supporter advocate, yeah the, the, and also i forgot to mention it's on halstead right by depaul so that also mm-hmm. kind of had a a nice uh it was just something i could walk to very easily in college and see a show if i wanted to yeah yeah i love i love tonic room the only thing i, I kind of hate about it is the stage where it's just a giant sliver and it's uh, the drums are not behind the guitars or bass we're just kind of next to you yeah and it stretches <laughs> down this hallway it's such a weird awkward stage but with that being said the sound is fantastic whoever's running it there knows the room so freaking well 
And that makes a huge difference. Um, also, Corey Wong. I had no idea he played there. I fucking love Corey Wong. I yeah. Jams. That was a great show. I can only imagine, man. Fun fact about Tonic Room, the back cover of Hero Monster Zero's album, that picture was taken at Tonic Room. Oh. Is that I'm on the sure CD? I realize that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got to look. I have that. I'm going to look after this. That was taken at the Tonic Room fact. right after a set. We were standing at the bar waiting for drinks, so we're a little bit sweaty. Uh, that's where that picture came from, Tonic Room. Wow. Nice recollection. Thanks. Uh, all right. My number five is Two Brothers Roundhouse. And I went with this place. I've only played there once. I've only been there once. And we played, Hero Monster Zero played, and then so did Seth Mercer and his band. And, like, the sound is pretty good. I wouldn't say, like, there's anything about it that was, like, incredible. It's not, I mean, it's kind of more of, like, a restaurant bar music venue. But I think it also fits in with my fascination with trains of how cool that whole facility is and that they turned it into a brewery restaurant bar is awesome. And I feel like you can just walk all the way around it and most of it was closed off because it's like way, way, way too big um, of a building. But it was super fun to be out there. And out of all the suburban places, and I haven't been to all that many, but out of all of them, I think that was my favorite. Yeah, that's a honorable mention for me. It's in Aurora, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's a, it's an interesting place. Like I like Two Brothers beers, so I mean, it was cool to get to see music there and just like it's interesting. It's it's a good place. I love that place. Kind of what you're saying, Andy. It's just a cool building. It's a lot of history in it. Uh, they dressed it up really nice. I've played there with a number of bands with you guys with uh, just as a freelance guy playing with Mike Hayes and Aaron Williams and common allies. A lot of memories at that place. It's it's a super cool vibe. It's definitely interesting. It's really tall ceilings, brick walls. So the sound isn't ideal, Mm -hmm. uh, but it makes up for it in its character. Um, All right, Ryan, what's your next one? Uh, uh, I'll stick to the suburbs. Um, we were discussing it earlier again, Brower House. I freaking love that place. Um, again, I've played with a bunch of different people at that place. Every single time, it's a it's a blast. They got pinball machines now. I love pinball. Whoa, uh, great nice. beer selection. Super cool vibe. Staff is awesome. Um, I've never had a bad experience there. They they take really good care of us and some some pretty big acts have come through there. Andy, I'm sorry you've never got to go there. Like the vibe is super super cool. It's I don't know how to describe it. Brian might be able to be better, but it's like this tattoo hot rod old school, dimly lit. It's not a dive bar. It's it's got a fresh feel. Huge fan. Yeah, it's cool. It's good. I've seen good shows there. I liked uh you you played with She Rides Tigers there, which I enjoyed a lot. Awesome band like, by the way. Yeah. It's just it's it's cool. It's they've got I've that's a place where I've had like a bar tab sneak up on me because they mm-hmm. have a lot of a lot of good whiskey, they've got a lot of good beer, and you know, if you're seeing good music, you're just like, Oh yeah, let's go. And then at the end of the night it's like, oh boy. But it's um it's a good it's a good uh interesting vibe, especially in the summer too, because they've got like a couple outdoor areas that open right off of where the stage is so a lot of people are like coming in and out like you know it's just kind of a cool look to it um even though it's 
it's almost like a strip mall. In the, That's the thing. The location is super, super weird. It's yeah. on the corner of North Avenue and 53, right off of yeah. uh, 355. And it is in a strip mall with half the places closed. The next nearest thing is floor and decor. And it just doesn't fit next to a Jimmy John's and a hair cuttery. It's, it's oddly placed. Um, they did get a, a, they bought the place next to them and added a huge venue in the back. So now there's a, a massive stage, a massive room. You could have two acts at a time. Um, I thought that was a really cool addition. So they've had some bigger touring acts come through that backstage and then they'll run, you know, more local acts in the, in the main room. Yeah. I, I think that that was like, because I've driven by it so many times and that I struggled to book it and then seeing it from the outside. I'm like, come on, it's a strip mall. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm glad to hear it's nice on the inside. Maybe next time we're in town that uh, I definitely want to hit that place up. Great food too. Their burgers, 10 out of 10. Ooh, that's nice to know. Yeah. All right, B-Pimp, what's your number four? My number four is Cobra Lounge, uh, which we talked about a little earlier. I like that you and I and Lisa and Maggie saw Mission Man there, um, which was amazing. And there was a guy that played right after Mission Man that did like uh, he had some kind of weird I don't know. Do you remember what the device was? There was a guy rapping and he was like making the beats on the fly with that like what? device. I don't know what it was. I don't know what I am like totally forgetting now. It was almost like a synthesizer, but it, it was just like a small box that he did all kinds of crazy stuff with on the fly. And then he was like rapping over it. And it was just, it was very interesting and memorable to me. And I think that that place is, it's kind of a cool little place, you know, it's just like kind of fits into my vibe of what I was talking about of having a hard time rounding out the list. Yeah. I, that place is cool. I, I, uh, I seem to recall, I don't remember. I've seen Mission Man a couple of times, uh, including at the elbow room, but I feel like for that show, he, his backing track was on a CD, and I think he would bring like a DVD player around to play it on. Just yep. like some awesome, hilarious setup. That was the one where I felt bad because I love Mission Man truly and without irony. And uh, I believe our lovely wives were razzing us for like they thought we were like pet patronizing him or something. Like because why we, would we go? We would do that. Exactly. I, I made like I remixed one of his songs. No, he he's like his passion for doing what he does is contagious. Yeah, he's a, he's he's great. And I that's why I said without irony like I still listen to some of his songs. The day that I saw him at Elbow Room and told you guys about him was one of the best things I've mm -hmm. ever experienced. Just seeing this guy he walked around the stage like a Jaguar, like with the most confidence I've ever seen. And he had like a hundred green Mardi Gras beads on nice for women. And there was nobody down there. <laughs> and it was, it was just, I was like, this guy is the best. And I asked him for a CD afterwards because I was working the door and I was, and I never did this. I was like, He'll, he maybe just give me a CD. He's like, Oh, they're five bucks. I was like, okay. I was like, you're right. I shouldn't get a free CD. Who am I? Like, I'm not anybody. It was just, he was the best. Yeah, I, I, I like, you told me about him, and then I went to a show with, with him and Seth, and Seth loved him too. But That's yeah, I had actually kind of forgotten where that show, we yeah. saw him, Cobra Lounge. Cobra Lounge. So I think I've been there twice then. It's one of those places that is just like, I don't know if it's, 
I probably have it on my list because I kind of was struggling, to be honest, but it's I like it. I have good memories from there, so what can you do? All right, my number four, I actually made a, a last-second change. Um, I had this as an honorable mention, and I decided to actually put it on my list, and I replaced it with another one, but my number four goes to Tonic Room because the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I really enjoyed playing there. I, even though the stage was incredibly awkward, it was just like a fun cramped time to be there. Uh, and I remember like when we were playing with Hero Monster Zero, the bands we played with, we'd like repeatedly play with the same bands because I'd always like tried to book shows with them. Uh, and one of my favorites was Brandon James and his band. Like our two bands had next to nothing in common. Like the Not at all. sound was totally different, but I just like, we probably played like half a dozen shows with him, but for real. Yeah. His voice though, butter. Um, yeah. But it was just, yeah, those were fun to play, especially at a place like that. Uh, and I also love about that place that after the music stops, all of a sudden it becomes just like a weed smoking haven. Yeah, that's amazing. That's yeah. right. It turns into an entirely different venue after the music stops. I forgot about that. And funny story about Brandon James, every single show we played with him, he would try and steal me. He's like, listen, just, just come play for me instead. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, think so. I, I, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if I was like offended by that or not. I think I wasn't, but it, it was hilarious. You should play with him if he's still playing. I'm sure he is. He's out there somewhere. What was the name of that band again? I'm forgetting now. Brandon James. It had something to do with a city. In the mid-something sound. Mid-city sound? Yeah, something like that. He was great. Yeah. He was entertaining. Boyan Mastapola, he was the bass player for that band. He's awesome. uh, He's a smoking bass player. I've I've followed him since we've played with those guys. I remember that guy being just unbelievable. Yeah, super, super good, super cool guy, too. I remember, your- like, crossing a random crosswalk, and somebody from a car, like, honked at me as I was crossing a crosswalk, and I was like, what? I'm going to go as, as fast as I'm going to go. But it was Boyang in his car saying hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I gave a real, like, shit face. Maybe it was middle city sound. That's it. That sounds That's it. it. Yeah. Okay. What's your number three, Ryan? Um, cherry pick here. I'm going to have to go with the Metro. Um, again, for obvious reasons, we had a lot of memories there. I think probably one of my favorite shows I've ever played was at the Metro and it wasn't packed. I mean, we had maybe a hundred people in there, but holy shit, that was fun, man. I see, I still see photos pop up on Facebook of that every, mm-hmm. every year that passes, uh, brings back some good memories, man, of, of, us backstage as bandmates on stage huddled as bandmates and all the family and friends that came out that night, that show was a little different than a lot. And being in high school and going into the Metro and seeing some of my favorite bands and hoping like, man, I would love to play here someday. I'd love to play a place like this someday. And we made it happen. And seeing that marquee with Hero Monster Zero, it was a really cool experience, man. That place holds a lot of memories. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Yeah, the first time we played there, we even got to headline it, which was great. 
sort of like absurd, but like amazing. It was absurd. It was on a weekend too. I think it was a Friday yeah, or Saturday night. It was a Friday or Saturday night. It was like the next day, like a real like big time touring band. And then it was like us the day before and it was sweet. And mm-hmm. it was just, that was such a fun show. I hardly remember any songs we did or, but just the energy was just like perfect. It's like one of mm-hmm. those, I've had like a few, couple, few of those shows where it just feels like so good to play. I have a memory, a very strong memory of when you covered uh, Killing in the Name of. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, there's a video on YouTube and I'm in the front row, like head, like jumping the entire time you guys are playing. And then at one point you like, let me start one of the verses, like when one of the chants or something. It's so great. Yeah. I think those kind of songs, I like doing them from an energy standpoint. I think anytime like you, Ryan or Chris suggested, Hey, let's do a song like this. I think I probably rolled my eyes so hard. I was like, okay. <laughs> in secrecy. Chris and I would talk about songs we wanted to cover and he'd be like, oh man, Andy's going to hate us for this one. And uh, you still did it anyway. So you're a trooper. Thank you for that. <laughs> you did a great job. Pretty, pretty sure we covered Shania Twain. And I'm like, Andy's never going to bite at this. And we covered Shania Twain. So My favorite was at when we all switched instruments to do, oh my God, why am I forgetting the song? What's love got to do with it? Yes, that's right. What instrument? You played drums? I played drums. I you think I drums. called that immediately. I'm saying if we're all switching instruments, I'm already calling drums. You played drums. I played bass. Chris sang. And Chris sang. That's right. And Jesse played guitar. Yeah. That's fun. Where was that at? Was that at the Metro? No. It was at uh, this place on Division. I forget what it was called, but it was like actually a sandwich place. But then it had like a second area for bands. Oh, yeah. About. Ooh. You just gave me my next one, too. Thank you. Brian? Uh, yeah, what's your number three? My number three is the aforementioned Talia Hall. Ooh, nice. Which I love. I've seen um, both live comedy and music there. Uh, the music I've seen there, Charles Bradley, who's a soul singer that passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately. I saw him less than a year before he died. He was in his 70s. I don't know if you guys know Charles Bradley, but he used to be like a James Brown impersonator who then started writing original music and is just unbelievable singer. And he had a, he had like a massive band with horns and like, it was, it was so great. Um, All time. One of the best shows I've ever seen. And it was there. That was the first time I went. Um, It's a big open floor plan. They've got like a bunch of beer vendors all around. It's really great. Um, I saw Tim Heidecker do a, a live show there too. And it's, it's, it's up there for, one of my favorite places in the city. Yeah. I, I'm kind of bummed that I haven't gone there. Hopefully I'll get a chance to. Have you been there, Ryan? Yeah, it's actually on my list. I was going to hit that too. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Is, yeah. I'll, we'll get to that when I, yeah, save it for, I have a couple of that I'm doing that for. So, all right. Uh, my number three is Shuba's, which I haven't played at. I think is one of the best venues for in Chicago for like a quieter show. I mean, you could, you could see like a band there too, but I think it's, it's almost perfectly sized. The sound is phenomenal there. Um, I've been there for like other random things too. I think I was there for like the 2012 election results, but 
Yeah, I've seen like a couple of my favorite acoustic, favorite acoustic artists there. One was uh, Damien Gerardo, who's from Seattle, and I, I like covers one of his songs sometimes. But um, yeah, it's just there's not too many venues that like perfectly hit that sweet spot. Are probably better for like acoustic artists, um, but that's definitely one of them. It's like a listening room without being too dead silent the way like Uncommon Ground is. I've heard nothing but great things about Shubas and regrettably I have never been there. And I've had the opportunity too. Like there's, there's a bunch of bands that I follow that have played there. And every single time it just doesn't work out if I'm traveling for work or uh, if it's like on a Tuesday night, it's kind of a pain to get to, but um, nothing but good things. And that's certainly one place I'd like to go to once this is uh, all over. I'm in the same boat. I never. I was thinking about that for the list because I was thinking of all the places I heard people talk about a lot um, from my years bouncing in the city and like at a music venue. So it's. I I don't know how I never got there, but I somehow didn't. Well, make it a priority, definitely. Uh, Ryan, what's your number two? So this actually just switched. Um, when you mentioned the sandwich shop, it reminded me of the neighborhood that that's in. And it reminded me of the sub T subterranean. So I'm going to have to put that on my list um, in place of what was there before, which is now an honorable mention sub T awesome memories there. I saw fishbone. I think that was one of my first concerts I went to there. Um, there's two levels. There's a giant hole right in the middle, right? And you have the balcony, which is just these weird things hanging on the wall, some taxidermy that doesn't even make sense. It's a smaller place and it's upstairs. So you got to climb like, it feels like you're climbing 40 feet to get to this place. It's a long hallway. Um, the sound is not that great. So I don't know why I would put it up here, but again, it's just a memory thing. It holds a special place. It's sentimental to me. And we played there too. Did we not? Or maybe uh, that was she uh, tigers. In probably, fall classic. I've been there before. I don't think I ever played there. Um, the only thing I actually remember about that place outside of the things that you just mentioned, it was also whenever I went like so hot. Mm -hmm. I don't know if oh, that yeah. is what it was known for, but it was like, Oh my God, I cannot stay here for more than like 35 minutes. You, Ryan, yeah, this you, is, this is on my, uh, this is going to be controversial. This is on my l lowest five list. <laughs> and you'll appreciate why though, because I saw, I, Theo Katzman played there. So I got to go I see Theo. I know I got to go see Theo Katzman. I was so excited. It was his band. It wasn't him. He was drumming and then he would come out front and sing and play guitar. I was pumped. And then we'd go and we're, we went upstairs cause it was, it was crowded and the way it's laid out, like I could not find a place to stand where I wasn't constantly getting like having to move every five seconds. I could not watch the show. I left mm -hmm. a half hour in. It just completely ruined it. I was so mad. It's not fair. Like, it's not – I mean, it, the layout probably is at fault in some way, but I was just, like, so bummed by that that I'll, I'll probably not go back, to be honest with that you. That sucks. This is, my, this is my hatred moment. For but but I get it, man. Every show I've seen there, like I said, I saw Fishbone. I think the other one was um, 1979. Does that sound right? I don't know. This is a long time ago. But you're smashed in there, and you're cooking, especially if you're upstairs on the balcony you don't leave that place without being drenched in sweat. That's just yeah. kind of, it's in, that's what happens. No, but I mean, if you like, it's an environment in there for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. BPM, what's your number two? 
Number two is the Metro. Um, for all the reasons we talked about, in addition to that, I also saw my first concert there ever. Um, when I was in high school, I saw Ace Earth play um, yeah. at the Metro. It was amazing. Um, just, I, it's it's really crazy heavy metal, and I couldn't hear for a week after that because I was right by like the amp where all the guitar soloing was coming out of, and it just like ruined my ears. But it was it was worth it. It was great. Um, I was 16. I went down there with my buddy. He had a truck. We listened to heavy metal the entire way there, and then saw this show, and then tried to listen to heavy metal the entire way home, even though we couldn't hear. And I just remember like this place is amazing. And then later I heard all the lore about like Smashing Pumpkins would play there when they were breaking out and like all that stuff. So I love that place. No, the Metro is definitely awesome. I think we all have some very special memories there. Yeah. Uh, All right. My number two is the Elbow Room. And for all the reasons that we just talked about, but I think it definitely has like my favorite staff of any place by a lot and it just it just felt like such a great place to have as a home base Mm -hmm. like i always knew like you know we could book shows there even it it wasn't even like the same booker every time i booked there like for a little while it was brian bender then it was adam powers sometimes i think i booked through like kayla um but everybody was always super nice um, it was fun to play there. The support beam right in the middle was like, it made me think about which, which side of this thing should I be looking on? It was really easy to smash your head um, going from the back of the stage onto the stage because it was like a really low clearance. What else? It, like, I don't know. I really just like that place. I like playing upstairs and downstairs. Of course, the downstairs was like like a much better environment for actually playing. But... Um, yeah, that place is great. Tying into what you were saying about being a home base, it's it's very true. And that's where I first met you. That's where we played our first show. And that's where we played our last show. And everything in between. Like, it really was home base. That's We we felt like we had home field advantage there. We played some of our best shows there, certainly. Mm-hmm. I'm only and being the- quiet because I have this spoiler alert. You have a spoiler. The one, the only thing I want to add is, I'm speaking in terms of that staff, I can't remember his name. He was the front door guy for a little bit. Super, super cool. Um, and then Uncle Joey, the bartender. Was it Matt upstairs with the curly hair? <laughs> yes, Matt. That's it. Super, yeah. super cool. And the downstairs bartender who looked like Uncle Joey from Full House was always just super, super polite and easy to get along with. And man, some great memories there for sure. No, super great place. Uh, all right, Ryan, what's your number one? Number one, uh, Talia Hall. Hey, hey. love that place, man. I love that place. I've seen so many shows there over the last three, four years. Some of the best shows I've ever seen have been at that place. Just saw Andy Schoaf there um, like a week before this whole lockdown happened. He's amazing. Andy Schoaf? Yeah, he, he ends- played the album, dude. Start to finish. He on Skyline? Album. Yeah. I just bought that on like, vinyl. I love that oh album. Oh, man. Top to bottom, he played his awesome show. I know the sound guy, too, Tom Braxton. Um, I've been working with him since I was, like, 15 years old, so it's always good to catch up with him and see him whenever I'm there. There's not a bad seat in the house. You can sit in the balcony. You can be on the floor. The architecture is amazing. 
I mean, the place was built in 1892. It, it's one of the oldest venues in Chicago, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. It might be the oldest venue. Um, yeah, I'd say probably 90% of the shows I've gone to in the past three, four years have been at Talia Hall. It's great. It wow. really is. Andy, I'm so sorry you missed out on that, man. So how long was it closed for then? That I don't know. Well, it, it's like, uh, I think it was just different things for a long time because it, it's like the meeting point of there's like a sand, there's like a restaurant and a bar and then they made like the music venue in the middle of those. So I think it was just the space was used for different things in the meantime. But Oh, I didn't realize that. I, yeah. I actually didn't know it was a music venue that long ago. So, and that's another thing is like why that's one of my favorite venues is they have this downstairs bar right next to it that I always go to before these shows. I make sure I, I get there like two hours early and it's super dark and no TVs, super good cocktails. They have an aquarium, there's no phone service and it's just a really good place to, you know, digress and, and yeah, I don't, I don't even know. It's, it's a lovely place, man. Next time Andy, that you're, you're here, we'll try to figure that out and get a concert there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I really, if it's an, if it's got potential to be on somebody's list as number one, how have I not been there? It's my favorite. It's my huh. favorite city venue. And I've never played there. I just, I love the vibes. Uh, yeah, no, I gotta go there. Um, I'm mixed up on order. It's me. Brian. It's me. And you know what mine is. It's elbow room. And okay. it's a blatant Homer pick. Cause I worked there for a number of years and saw thousands of bands roll through that place and played there. The first time I, uh, we ever did ruffles was there like mm-hmm. upstairs in the acoustic lounge, quote unquote. Um, love the staff. Love Matt hired me, uh, site. You know, I just walked up to him and said, Hey, I need a job. And he's like, Hey, you you're, you're big and I saw and you can talk to people. So sure. We'll hire you. Um, just like and from then on, it was that cool. Just like I would work there, you know, sometimes like 10, 15 nights in a row. And I never got sick of it. Cause it was just like, everybody there was so cool. Um, saw so many interesting bands, great bands. Everybody that worked there was amazing. Just can't say enough good things about it. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, I was so close to putting it number one. Actually, I mean, like, I can reverse my two and my one, but, but yeah, Elbow Room is incredible. The only reason I put Metro as my number one is just because, like, playing there felt like such an achievement to get that show. And then just the, like, the way I felt during that show was like, unlike, any other show I've ever felt. So it's just like, so like etched in my mind is such like a great venue. And I love seeing other bands there too. So I had to put Metro as my number one, but really it could have, it could have been either way. Elbow Room and Metro. I think we agree that they are one and two. Yeah, absolutely. I have Talia Hall. Honestly, we've talked a lot about it, but like that, those three to me are just like now, now that I'm thinking about it as we've all talked about this, it just like becomes clear. Those are, that's very clearly like the order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you have some uh, honorable mentions. I did. I just put a couple in here. Um, I had Aragon ballroom just cause 
I love I love the architecture there. I've seen some cool stuff there, but I haven't really been too often. Mm-hmm. Um, in Tonic Room, you guys talked about Tonic Room. I'm a little upset I didn't put that on my list, but a lot of fantastic memories there too. And Kingston Mines, another place that comes to mind when I think of of Chicago venues. But I've never played there. I've never had the chance to play there. But I've just kind of sat in the corner for an open mic once. I'm like, this place is pretty bitching. You know, it's just a total blues club. Again, yeah. dimly lit, and you have some pretty big names coming through there just to just to hang out and jam. That's a cool vibe. Kingston Mines feels like you're just kind of like, yeah, it's just a different atmosphere. I've mostly been like pretty hammered there. I feel like same. We were probably yeah. together for most of our trips there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, because at one point we lived like a block from it. Yeah, I remember having a lot of fun seeing some blues late at night at that place. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kingston Mines is awesome. Um, I like, I hate Wrigleyville, but you know, a lot of memories at Cubby Bear and Goose Island, Wrigleyville, and especially Cubby Bear, because uh, there were some fun shows there. Uh, we had some awesome times there, man. Yeah, I like the Riviera, um, mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln Hall. I think is is nicely set up. Maybe it doesn't have like a ton of character, but I think it's just like a good music venue. Um, I like Martyrs and the Hideout and Beat Kitchen as well. And then a little suburban flavor for Mullins, just because I went there so many times and it was like driving from um, the city out to, is it in Warrenville? Uh, Lyle, technically, Lyle. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, good old Mullins. Good old oh, Mullins. Rest in yeah. peace. Be pimp. Your honorable mentions. Oh, I only had one that we haven't talked about that much, which was House of Blues, and that was more because I've seen some, like I saw Run the Jewels play there, and I saw a few other bands play there that I like, but I don't really have that many strong feelings about it. Mm-hmm. What I like about House of Blues, I've been there a few times, and I actually think the sound is good. A lot of things about it are really good. The only time it's like left a bad taste in my mouth is the alcohol prices there are so high and i remember like next to the stage they have some stools and i've been to shows there where it's like not that crowded and i tried to just like sit on one of the stools at the side of the stage and somebody who worked there came over and said like that's five dollars like get the fuck (laughs) out of here who does this place think they are that's funny could not put it as an honorable mention because of the stool incident the stool the great stool (laughs) incident Uh, all right, folks in Chicago who have been to Chicago, uh, if you have other venues that we forgot about, go ahead and let us know. Hit us up uh, on our email, uh, whiskey sessions music at gmail.com, or of course on our Twitter, that's whiskey sessions um, at whiskey sessions. However, Twitter works, you know how it works. Uh, but we got to get to your emails, so let's do that. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails and now we'll read them. All right, B Pimp, what's in the old email inbox? Apparently, somebody was uh, offended by our sports nicknames episode because we got one that says, "Dear Whiskey Sessions, all of your best sports nicknames were much too aggressive and uncivilized. It's all about peace and love, man. Sincerely, mm-hmm. Guy the Flower Lafleur, who apparently is a hockey player whose nickname was the Flower." That doesn't strike probably fear into his opponents. Unless it's just like the assumption that if he goes by that nickname, he must be the toughest guy in the history of the world. 
Mm. Like when you call a big person tiny. Exactly. Yeah. No, I could see that being the case. Um, I don't think that many of our nicknames were like so intimidating. Well, some of them were. Like, yeah, I had like Big night, Hurt. Big Hurt Night Train. It's kind night of but that's, that's kind of the point is to be an intimidator on the floor or the court or stuff like that. So maybe yeah. the flower just kind of missed the point. I think I, that's I think that's the lesson that we've learned. I would mm-hmm. agree with that. Um, all right, if you have an email for us, hit us up. Again, our email address is whiskey sessions music at gmail.com, not Yahoo, not Lycos, not sbcglobal.net or whatever that one is. It's Google or Gmail. You know what it is. Um, (laughs) Until next time, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. I think we should have you on for the next episode too. What do you say? I think that'd be awesome. Let me know what you guys want to talk about. I will, I will do my preparations. I'm looking forward to it. Great. All right. We will see you shortly Uh, to our listeners. This is a Metz. Thanks so much for listening. And B-Pimp, see you soon. You got to have a sign-off too. That's the rule. Oh, (laughs) sorry. Uh, Can I have a nickname? Can I start a nickname right now? Yes. Okay, this is J-Rock. Take it easy. (laughs) Perfect. All right, peace out.